Southside Deuces Wild Motherfuckers! Welcome to the show. Brought to you by brought to you by my co-host Eric Burns, and you can just call me Cletus because I got my no filter garage shirt on. Uh, Eric Burns tight me up with some of my no filter swag hats. And uh, in case y'all didn't know, uh, Trey and I got in a pretty good little wreck uh, on Friday. So I've been dealing with insurance companies and totaling and climbing up onto vehicles and figuring out what's wrong with it. So I've been had enough of that. That's why I am enjoying this nice uh, blue mountain right now. Well, that brings up a good point, Thrill. I mean, before we get into your car crash, uh, let's remind everybody not to drink 818 tequila and drive, but to drink 818 tequila, and it's okay to ride in the passenger seat. That is correct. Ride in the passenger seat, slug a little bit down, and support as well. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is the sons of Johnny Lamaster. I I, I want to give him a little bit more love. The the Croix Day. Croix de Candlestick, baby. Croix de Candlestick. So you got those every time you stayed for an extra inning game at the stick. And uh, usually if it was an extra inning game, it was one of them bad mamma jammas. So. so basically he hands them out saying these are the diehards. These are the true Giant fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I Look love it, man. man. I mean, we had we had so many like little old ladies, and they had these hats, and these hats had eighty five thousand pins all over them, and I couldn't even tell you how many Croyd candlesticks they had. All right, dude. Well, explain to me what happened when you guys decided to play bumper cars on Friday. Yeah, no, 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 no. So traffic on Friday, as you guys would imagine, you know, bumper to bumper, and Trey and I were pulling into the gas station. Believe it or not, I had a trailer on the back a truck and pulled through the first two lanes of traffic then there's the turn lane and so it just stuck the nose out and i was like looking around to see you know if i could see anybody coming and this lady was coming like a bat out of hell she was accelerating and she caught me and trey in the front right quarter panel right in front of the tire and she freaking careened off and damn near wound up in walmart's parking lot and uh trey and i were just sitting there and I said, Trey, you okay? And he goes, yeah, Dad, I got a concussion. <laughs> I, go, I go, you don't know what a concussion is. He goes, he goes, I think I bumped my head a little bit. And I, I think he had his hand on the, uh, on the, on the guard. And it, like, yeah. popped him up the head. He had a little bit of, a little bit of a knot right there. But he's good. And, uh, you know, a lady gets out. And she's like, oh, it's my fault. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what are you doing going 40 down a turn lane, you know? I knew exactly what she was trying to do. She's trying to beat all the traffic and then cut in on everybody. That's what she was trying to do. And uh, but the suburban held in there, even though it's totaled because it bent the frame and all that. But her car looks like it's been through a freaking rototiller. So let me try to get this straight one more time. You're pulling out into traffic from a road. Yeah, I'm on a I'm on a highway. And you know how you, you come across and everybody like waves you through, you know, they open up a little hole for you. Yeah. And so I came across two lanes of traffic and then I get to the turn lane 
And that's when I was kind of like looking around and whammo, she got me. Huh. Everybody okay? Everybody's cool. Everybody's cool, Trey. Like I said, Trey was a little sore, you know, next day, but it's amazing what you can do with Tylenol and a few beers. But, uh, you know, we're, we're good. So, you know, and then I was telling you, you know, just in this day and age, and as everybody knows in the chat room, it's just a pain in the ass dealing with insurance companies. And that's what I've been doing all day. I'm exhausted. I'm so tired of, of these phone calls. I'm like, I want to, I want to jump through the phone and just freaking pop somebody upside the head. Is the so, car totaled or is it something that you're going to be able to repair and move yeah, on? I mean, you know, anytime, anytime you bend the frame, you might as well cyanide that sucker. You know I mean? You know, you, you got to get these special machines to straighten out the frame and then it's not going to ride like it did before and you know, on and on and on. So I said, piss on it. And so, uh, big Mike knows, but, um, my, one of my best friends is Eric Lane. He owns the, the biggest car dealership down here. And matter of fact, that's what I did today. I went and got a new Suburban. So I'm driving a new Suburban right now. And just, that's, that shows you that shows you what what I'm talking about with insurance companies. I ain't even waiting for them bastards to finish up all of this bullshit. Who knows how many who knows how many freaking weeks we'll be waiting. So I just said piss on it. I'm gonna go get a new truck and then uh, they can reimburse me later. So yeah, you just went out and took the action yourself and what's funny is that you know you're wearing the no filter network gas station attendant shirt and although it was me who worked at chevron back in the day i, I already could, told you i worked at the gas station in the katuit myth uh, massachusetts cape, cape cod league cape cod league that was my summer job man i was i was the gas station attendant dude what, what gas station it was the exxon Oh, fuck Exxon, man. That, that big <laughs> Chevron, baby. Chevron, Exxon. Hey, uh, you know, you, you can just, you know, with my giddy up right now, you can just call me Cletus tonight. That's my new name, Cletus. Well, dude, <laughs> were, were you like me? That, like, you know, I go to, and I go to check the oil, but I, I think I've told you this before, but I had trouble in a lot of cars finding the dipstick. And these cars would pull in, like these old ladies and stuff, would pull into full service. And, you know, I'd be, ma'am, would you like me to wash your windows and check the oil? And it's like, oh, sure, Sonny. So here I am. I wash the windows. I go to check the oil. And I'd get under there. And I couldn't find the dipstick. So I'd just make sure I'd stay under there long enough. And then I'd come out, like, with the rag. And looks good, ma'am. Be on your way. <laughs> hey, that just goes to show you right there, right? You were not born and raised around engines. No, no. I ch I learned how to change a tire. I learned like a lot of the necessities, right? But and it's funny because I I now look at my kids and I'm trying to pass on as much as possible. And I blew a tire on the side of the eighty the other day. Thrill. Oh my! Coming back, coming back oh my. from coming back from Reno, and you just made that drive. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm in the Tesla, and the ball, or the ball, let's start this over. I just want to check this out here because I saw Jock miss the one earlier, and this is something I wanted to bring up and talk about because Jock was actually a teammate with Devontae Adams uh, at Palo Alto High School, and Jock was a number one wide receiver, the irony of all of it. But let me finish this, <laughs> this, this, this lady story. I'm rolling back, Colton and I, from Reno, 
and we're coming back from the batting cages. And on the display, it says low tire pressure, pull over immediately. And normally, this to say the pressure would say like, you know, 45 on 45, 45, 45, 45. And the one tire, I literally watch go 45, 40, 35, 30, <laughs> 25, 20. All yeah. the way up to zero. And I call my wife and I go, honey, it says I have no tire pressure. <laughs> I'm on the 80. I'm cruising along. Everything's fine. Should I pull over or should I just ride this thing out? She goes, well, she goes, it could just be a computer malfunction, but you should definitely pull over. And my reaction was, well, eh, fuck it. So I kept going. Three, four, five seconds later, boom, boom. Dude, the <laughs> thing fucking blows. <laughs> It comes off, it came off the rim is what it did. Bro, I'm now riding on the rim. Oh, hell yeah, you are. Hell yeah, you are. I'm looking around, and there's a semi here and a semi there. It was like, oh, shit. So I pull over to the side of the road and thank the good Lord that it was right by the section where the semis would pull over for chain control to put the chains on. So I had plenty of room. No problem. It's funny because here comes my wife. She's wanting to get in on this conversation. So Tara happened to be driving right behind me. I'm not kidding. Like literally like right behind me. But we were coming from separate places. And so I, you know, pull over the side of the road. And then the immediate question is, well, do you have a spare? And I'm like, dude, by the time I got to the side of the road, the fender was cracked. And I'm like, I'm not fucking with this thing. I do know how to change a tire, but whatever. So then she goes, well. What do you like? I'll call AAA, stay here with the car, this and that. And I go, stay here with the car? Fuck that. So I'm like, you got a, a working car right here? She goes, well, what are you going to do with the Tesla? I go, I don't know. Worry about it later. Like, <laughs> let's go. We're having tacos tonight. I, oh, my I go, well, God. Clear, you're the, well. we'll hire someone to come and tow it. It was not like You have to talk into the mic, though, because it's oh, a brand new are, mic. Are we doing the mic? Yes. Hi, there. Okay, I wasn't right behind him. I was five minutes behind him because I was hauling the horses. And I called him and I'm like, hey, is the ag check open? I don't have the paperwork because one of the horses I was hauling wasn't ours. I didn't have his paperwork. So I didn't want to have to go through the ag check and like defend the horse. And so I was calling because I thought he was ahead of us. Do you know if the ag check's open? He's like, I'm actually not that far. So anyway, he blows the tire, does the whole thing, right? He's like, I don't know. Somebody will pick it up. I'm like, why won't you stay here with the car? He's like, I have pickleball. Like yeah, that was you, it. you have pickleball. Oh, oh my <laughs> god! Somebody will Pickle, pick it up. Pickleball like, is more important than your Tesla. <laughs> so anyway, we tow the horses up. I drop Eric off at pickleball. I call AAA. I meet the driver there. Mister doesn't use a key for his car. Uses the app on his phone. The tow truck driver goes, "Well, I can't get it off the truck if I don't have a key because I can't start it to get it out of tow mode." So I got to follow the tow truck driver to the Tesla dealership to get the car. <laughs> oh my God. You're such a beauty, EB. You're a beauty. Oh, I rolled in barn dirty into the clubhouse bar and had myself a margarita before I let anybody know I was home. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, hold on. Oh, oh, oh here we go. 
Hey, this pickle, this pickleball game was a really big game. That's bullshit. Hey That's man, bullshit. hey, I, I was on a pickleball. I got, I was on a pickleball streak. I had a big match with Trent that day. Hey, He's dude, the best player dude. at the club. It, it's, it's like badminton on steroids with a piece of shit ball. All right. Uh, so, you know the, yeah, come on. Time I played well. I woke up the next morning and I was sore. Do you know what was sore? My abs were sore from laughing so hard. <laughs> my muscles. I laughed so hard, my stomach hurt. Hey, look, look. If it has something to do with running and like not stopping, you know, EB is going to be involved. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Bro, he has gone over the net for sure. I, yes, I want you guys to understand this. And, Jay, and Jason and Cole here, right? He says some things are bigger than the Tesla. You're fucking right. And this is a great spot to get to in life when you don't give a shit about a Tesla. Like, if the Tesla's cool, it's a nice car. Get me from point A to point B. But you know what? Well, then, well, then, all right. ball was bigger. I would have okay. okay, what about what about the freaking horses? Why didn't you worry about the horses? I was worried. That's why he's like, you got to pull over and help me. I'm like, I've got the horses. I can't pull over on the side of the road. Hey, I'm telling you right now. All right. I carry I carry a three ton jack and a four way in my truck with jumper cables because I'm like the damn roadside assistance dude. I mean, I pull over and I help all the little old ladies that, that don't have anything going on. If I'm in no big rush, I'll pull over and change your tire for them. My tire then, wasn't going to fit on his car, Will. That's all yeah, I well, here's another thing. He didn't even know where the goddamn tire is on that piece of shit car. That's the thing. You you, electro, you 3D print it when you push a button or something. Yeah, hey, look. If I got to start my car from a freaking app on a phone, you know that's a fucked up car to start out with. Bro, I Use a have, key. I, Use a key, bitch. I don't, have, I don't have a key, and I don't have credit cards either anymore. <laughs> I, had, I, I went to four different gas stations the other day. Just to try to find the ones that will do the tap. The Apple Pay. You know, I, I just tap my phone to it. Bro, it's simple. It's simplified my life. I'm with you. Hey, hey I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you one. You I know, it, patch, I drive a diesel. It's that. Oh, cool. it's amazing. It's amazing. God, it, you guys like should be in like different like cars and different vehicles and shit. We but are. the other day, the other day, uh, I don't know. I was doing something. And I walked in a store and, and the guy goes, uh, can you um, can you can you tap on this? And I go, you don't take cash. And he goes, no, we're cashless. I go, well, then you just lost my business. And I turned around and walked out. Little bastard, don't take cash. Too bad. You ain't getting my business no more. The snack bar at the, the tournament we were at this weekend didn't take cash. So Callie kept texting, Mom, I need Apple Cash. I need Apple Cash. I Apple Cash. <laughs> hey, look. If they start asking me if they if they can if I can Venmo them and shit like that, I'm gonna reach over there and I'll smack somebody upside the head. Dude, like I won't even deal with cash anymore. Honestly, oh. it's my biggest hindrance with gambling. Even when I went to see you guys at Reno the other night, oh. I had to I had to steal like every last dollar that Tara had oh just to get cash. <laughs> like I'm like, I mean, what, you're telling me I can't put this on my Amex? This is bullshit. <laughs> and Annie took my ATM card, which I haven't seen since. You, you know. You don't know where that thing is, Tara. No, no idea. Joe says he doesn't have any horses to haul. His his golden retriever almost counts. She's that. There big. you go. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm I'm like Joe. No Teslas here, baby. Suburbans. They go. Oh, Joe got his fucking Ford Tesla. He has four. He's got four. Oh, I thought he meant horses. I thought he meant horses too, doesn't he? I don't know. He said he's on his fourth. 
I don't know. Right. I just heard my wife while I was out there working on the van. I had the doors open and I just said, my wife. And I'm like, I got to go defend my honor up there. All right. Look, and look, look, you see what we're talking about. We're talking about working on cars and shit. And he has no idea. And there you are doing everything for him. I do. It's true. I, I'm not going to sit here and be one of those macho guys to say, like, I do this, I do that. We all have our roles in this household. Yeah. And so when it comes to emptying the shitter, out of the white lightning a little airstream van we got out here miss tara's really good at it she knows how to work the bypass i i watched he and his cousin who went to stanford and played for the cardinals right watched me replace a garbage disposal underneath the sink they sat on the other side of the bar and watched me do it I was, you know how hard that is? Because they're heavy. Hey, you got to kind of like hey. hold it up and screw it in at the same time. <laughs> you know, Tara, here's the thing. You get like mud on your fingernails and then your husband gets like pedicures and manicures. True. All right. That's 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 like the world y'all living in right there. Oh, look at him. Look at him. You, right, probably, like you probably got those. Palms. You probably got nice little rosy palms. And then in the meantime, she's got freaking calluses. Calloused. <laughs> you have calluses. Yeah, look, man. Mine might be yours. Hold on a second. Look, I, I, I'm no. I, don't take this wrong. I'm no, like, what I want to say is I'm no bitch, but that's not the right word. Like, it's sort of. No, no. I, I'm. I, 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 I appreciate the finer luxuries in life. I, a manicure, a, manicure, <laughs> a facial, a facial. I, look, I, I've been. I, I haven't found anybody recently, but I, I'd love to get a little Botox to take care of these crow's feet here. Oh I, I'm my all, god, I'm all, I'm all in, bro. I like I want to uh, look good, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, you get fucking pay good, and we're trying to build this business out, thrill. But, Tara, Tara but, give him a freaking tutu, please. Give him a fucking tutu. But, but wait, there's more because I also will get in the trenches with the dudes and do whatever it takes. I just choose my trenches. Does that make sense? Like when it comes to doing hard labor, like I look at her in a lot of the stuff and a lot of the shit she's doing, like when she's crawling under the van or, uh, you know, like her head's under the hood or she's down here fixing the garbage disposal. I envy it a little bit, kind of like, wow, like, and it's an attractive quality, probably how like maybe a lot of women look at men. Maybe like, oh, it's just great to have him around. And for me, it's the other way around. It's just great to have her around. I like that we can share genes and. Tara, you're thank God you're here. Yourself. Otherwise, that household, who the hell knows what happened to that household? <laughs> He'd live back in the city. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he is a little city boy, ain't he? That's a, it, but he gets dirty. He'll do it. That that too, Will. I grew up, it was just my mom and my sister and I, and we rebuilt a house that was built in 1901. And so it's like, I'm I'm a little bossy over that stuff too. It's my space. Like, you're not. Yeah, I, get you. I, get you. Right. Bro, I get you. I get you. She won't fucking let me drive, man. Yeah, no. Do you understand? Like we go on road trips and she won't let me drive. <laughs> and we like we've always had fights about it because I, and I'm not an obsessed, like, yo, I have to drive thing. Now I just sit in the back and close my eyes. I have to drive. There you go. Of <laughs> the of the airstream that you know she's gonna change the toilet bag in too. So yeah. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Dad. Well, there, there's, no, there's no dumping on the bus, though. Number one rule. Oh my god. Oh my god. How did oh, we get off engine? That's a, that's oh my a, that's God, a, you're a mess. You are such a mess. Hold on, Thrill. We got a big moment here. Sorry, this is really Watch this. You got to see this. This was important to her. Okay. Go ahead. I researched this because we 
all know how Eric likes his shirts a little snug and he's got to show his muscles off and stuff, right? I found this. Oh! Vintage store. Elite condition. Adult medium. Right? <laughs> you should put it on. I tried putting it on, dude. It's fucking too tight. I'm going to have to cut the sleeves off. <laughs> Uh, cut the shoes off, and it's got. Oh my god, that's funny! That's funny. It's got super hey. thick eighties cut. Look at this, it's, it's, Hey, you know what? Those those are actually like little collectors' items. They didn't come out with too many of them things right there. How much did yeah. you pay for this? That's not a polite question. When it was a gift, how much? We don't, hey, we you don't need to know all of that. We don't need to know all of that. <laughs> Happy anniversary or something. Oh, see ya. Hey. Hey, you got a freaking gem right there. How the hell you landed her? I don't know. I pulled her off the baseball field, bro. She was. No, you did. You got her working for the you got her out of San Diego. You got her working out of working at the front office. Yeah, man. No, she, dude, you know what she was? It's a great, it's a great job to have. She was the backup fryer. <laughs> I'm not kidding, dude. She was a member of the pod squad. This like community relations, like pretty much just a bunch of hot chicks that run around and they'll host people on the field for certain events and they'll go to community functions. But she was the one that would have to be the friar. I say have to. She said get to because she loved it. She got to be the friar when they would go to multiple different places on multiple things and you needed multiple friars and she was it so that was her claim to fame in life the uh pod squad turned back up friar turned miss california it's a hell of a journey that is a hell of a journey i mean good lord and now she's mrs eric burns so good lord it's what a journey what a journey hey so let's get to this game for a second first giants question all right so so in the meantime, while we were rambling away, uh, Wilma Flores doubled and then uh, Jock Peterson doubled. Now it's uh, four to four, top of six, man on second, one out. Okay, so I'm going to go back to a play that I saw earlier. And it happened from – it was a former Stanford Cardinal. Wait, did somebody Nick- just go deep? Oh, yeah. Yeah, J.D. Davis went deep. And this is it, because I was about to bring up J.D. Davis. But basically, J.D. Davis got a routine ground ball to third base, and it took him towards the line. He got it, fielded it cleanly, did the one tap into the glove, threw across, and Nico Horner was safe. Now, it's interesting. We could go back and take a look at that play, but right now, I just marvel at this fucking swing right here. Yeah, that was... That was middle in heater, and he jumped all over that one. Here's Crawford, but Nico Horner beat it out, and then that was what led to the Cubs scoring all four of the runs. It happened in the bottom of the third act, and I thought to myself, because there's nobody on, nobody out, I'm like, if this leads to a big inning, I'm going to have to bring this up on Deuces Wild. Yeah, and so just kind of get your reaction to what's the appropriate play because if you watch the way he got it, literally two steps to the right, got it, comes up, <laughs> one tap, and then go. He just didn't have that time. You got to know your runner. Am I correct on this? You are. You are definitely correct. So when when you're on the infield, 
you got to know who runs and who doesn't run. Okay. And guys that run, you have to have this like internal alarm clock saying, Hey, I got to get rid of this son of a gun. And like you said, to take your time, get your feet set, you know, do the clap in the, in the glove and all that with a guy who can run, dude, you're running short on time. And not only that from the first baseman side of things is you leave me hanging. Cause there's only so much I can stretch and help you out after that, you know, he's going to be safe. And Evidently, that's what happened. Led to a, a four-run uh, Cub in. Talk to me about the Giants' offensive struggles, because yeah, you know, I mean, they've been making been a big deal about it, but it's been going on damn near, damn near the whole month of August. Um, you know, uh, Logan Webb goes out there and does a pretty damn good job. Only gave up, I don't know, two or three runs, something like that. But we got two hit. Um, and the guy had a career high in strikeouts and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, you know, uh, they even said it in, uh, on the, uh, website today that there, it didn't seem like for me personally, there was no sense of urgency. And now here you are in September, you better have a sense of urgency now. Cause you've kind of dug yourself a little hole. You're a game behind third place now. And you got two teams in front of you. So, you know, you got to get hot the last few weeks here in September. Yeah, Justin Steele, the 28-year-old pitcher out of Mississippi Thrill. He's from your neck of the woods. Uh, shoved it up the Giants' ass yesterday. Uh, yeah. Not literally. It's a figure of speech. But it was ugly when it comes to, say, the Giants' offense. They... Had some really dog shit innings, man. One was a four-pitch inning. There was another really short inning. Steele was efficient with his pitches. He was blowing four-seam fastballs by them. Their approach at the plate looked horrific. So I don't know if it was because Justin Steele has become one of the best pitchers in baseball, and that is true, or it was the fact that the Giants' offense has been anemic. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, <clears throat> we we kind of even touched on this before we came on air. You know, when you're having problems scoring, um, you know, especially for a pitcher, uh, it happened to Matt Kane. Now it's happening to Logan Webb. It's almost like when you go into the clubhouse, you say, oh, geez, we got to score. We got to score for him. We got to score for him. And actually – it's the reverse. You you put more pressure on yourself instead of just going out there and, hey, look, we just need to get some good pitches to hit and way lay them, and that's it. So Tim Hudson was our guy with the A's. I love Huddy. And Huddy was the guy one year that every time he took the mound, we would not score for him. And it got yeah. to the point, just like you're talking about, we would – literally be pressing from the first inning because we had to get Huddy a run. We had to get Huddy a run. And then that just made things worse. Now I will say this, and, and you know this as well as I do. So it's no coincidence that Logan Webb is our number one fucking pitcher. And so typically that means that Logan Webb is going to get matched up with another team's number one or number two pitcher. And typically in the game of baseball, good pitching is going to beat good hitting. So the Giants have been victims 
of having to face another team's number one or number two like last night. And sure enough, they didn't get shit. So there is some sort of magic formula surrounded around the fact that, hey, look, those are the dudes that get matched up with the dudes. Yeah. And and to be totally honest with you, I mean, you know, yeah, you get matched up with everybody's number one, but then over the course of the season, because of off days and stuff like that, you also can have it sort of shift around to where your number one is facing somebody's number three, you know, something like that. But True. It's, still, it's still the fact of you got it in the back of your brain that when you go out there, you say, hey, Logan's out here. I need to score some runs. I need to score some runs early for him so it takes some pressure off. And as a matter of fact, you do the reverse. You put more pressure on yourself. And on top of that, here's another thing. If you want to relax, if you want to take it easy, you know, and try to give him a run, one of the best ways to do it, believe it or not, is play small ball early. Um, You know, get a guy on, hit and run. Get a guy on, bunt him over. Anything to get a one run across the plate, and then all of a sudden, sometimes the freaking levy opens and you score a boatload. So, why is it that hitting is contagious? I think it's a relaxation thing. You know, I, I think that you know somebody gets a big clutch base hit, and then after that, everybody's like, "Oh, okay, he took the pressure off everybody. Let's let's go. Let's just relax and go." And that's exactly what I'm saying, you know, and that's why guys in the middle of the lineup, the guys that want to be there, the guys that want to drive in the clutch runs, that's why they are so important is because they can get that hit that lets everybody relax and then all hell breaks loose. That is the reason why a team with just superstars, for example, the Los Angeles Angels with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani typically have a tough time winning a lot of baseball games because you have seven other guys in the lineup looking at them for them to be the dudes. And then on top of that, they are there trying to be the dudes. The best teams that I've ever coached, the best teams that I've ever played on, the best teams that I've ever witnessed as a broadcaster or a fan are the ones that have depth where if I don't get it done, it's okay because yeah. I'm going to pass the baton to the next dude. Correct. You And you are correct. And if you go back and you look at, you know, the Giants teams that won, I mean, look at the middle of their orders, you know, I mean, you know, Clark Mitchell Williams, Clark Williams Bonds, uh, Posey, Belt, you know, Crawford, uh, Burl, everybody else, you know I mean? So you go back and you look at the teams that were really successful in the Giants history and the middle of the order was stacked and we didn't have one guy. We had three guys or maybe even four guys. If somebody else got hot that could get the job done and relieve the pressure on everybody else. Yeah, and there's nothing like it, man. There, really. Because we played this weekend, Thrill. And we typically at this point, we've made a big name for ourselves in the travel ball scene. 
And so we're going to get everybody's best, even in pool play games. Like teams want to compete against us, whether I'm sure they're all trying to beat us. But at this, you know, I think there's also another element of like, well, you know what? These kids can really play. Let's make sure we don't fucking embarrass ourselves too. So we go out there and we won our four pool play games. Combined score was like 58 to seven. Uh, We just boat race teams. And then we got into bracket play. And we could not have played better in those first four games. Really, for the kind of first time playing together, a new 12U team. And we faced a kid that was throwing well. Now, he didn't have anything but a fastball. And usually at this 12U majors level, you could not get by with just one pitch. But he was spotting it really well. He was throwing it up in the zone. He was getting down in a way. The umpire all of a sudden widened the zone too. And from that point, our kids started to struggle. And they got wrong. I mean, we had some backwards Ks looking. We had a, you know, a couple of them chasing on the high fastball, trying to do too much. And the same way can be contagious in a great way where, boom, one barrel leads to the next, to the next, to the next. Yeah. It can also be destructive in the other. And we didn't get it back until the last inning, and we we made a run at it. We it was our kid had a three run homer, made it six five, and then eventually we lost the game. And I told the boys after, I'm like, look, I, I'm proud of the way you guys battled back, and Perospera Adistra through hardship to the stars. Because if we came here and went six and zero and boat raced fucking everybody, that's not doing much for us. But guess yeah. what? You guys are battle tested now. You've seen a guy that, look, man, the guy was running up near 70 and he was spotting his pitches. That's it. Now we know when we go to Huntington Beach in a couple weeks <laughs> that this could happen in a hurry. So be ready for it. Be ready to make the adjustments. This is the yeah. nose zone. We got to lay off this shit up here. We have to. Two strikes. You know the best way to hit with two strikes? Don't fucking get the two strikes. <laughs> that's like, that, that's the old saying about how do you hit, how you hit a breaking ball? Uh, well, you don't miss the fastball. Don't miss fastball. Oh, what happened here, Thrill? Uh, Craw came in on the ball. It looked like he didn't get a good grip on it and threw one up the line on uh, on Lamont. Yeah, they call that in the shitter. Yeah, they actually gave him a hit on it, too. They didn't charge him in an error. That's fair, though. I mean, he was in a – if he went to second, they would have had to give him the error. Yeah. And on top of that, and on top of that, that's the same guy that you said that J.D. Davis took a little time. That was Horner that was running right there. He's a beast, man. Former Stanford kid. The Cubs have Nico Horner. He's, uh, I believe he's from the North Bay. And then with the Stanford. And then they also have Bay Area product, Nick Madrigal. Madrigal, so, yeah. yeah. He, he, went was... to, he went to Oregon State. I, I, yeah. I'm Ahead of Eckler, I believe, right? Yeah, so so Madrigal's Madrigal's playing third right now for him. Yeah. Uh Austin Meckler struggling. All right, so he's struggling, but he got a little jam shot volley over the shortstop's head today for an RBI, and he made a diving catch out in center field. Fuck so, yeah. So he you know, he's coming on a little bit. I mean, he's hitting Oh, he's hitting 230. He was hitting 240 his last at bat. So he doesn't have any 
you know, he doesn't have any at bats, so his average is going to plummet and skyrocket. But, you know, if he can get a few, you know, one for twos, two for threes, you know, that kind of thing, he, he'll be hitting 300 in a heartbeat. I get it, but or do we have other options right now? I mean, dude, is, he's three for his past 22 entering in his last, that's his last seven games. You know, one what? average. That's, that's a great question, but, you know, I mean, they're searching for offense right now. And, you know, one thing that doesn't go into slumps is speed. And his know, name's Mechler, Wade Meckler. Meckler can run a little bit. So, you know, I hear you. Austin Meckler. I can't, I mean, geez, what the fuck's wrong with me? Uh, Wade Meckler. Wade Meckler, not Austin. I know. I know. Sometimes the uh, shit gets all crazy. Hey, uh, you know, he, remember, he, remember we talked about it last, last week or week before, whatever it was. You know, he's got the great porn stash. So you, you, you're going to talk about him all the time just because of his stash. Well, just so I can bring up the term dirt swirl. <laughs> dirt swirl. Oh, That's my a fucking God. raccoon perched on his upper lip, dude. Oh, my God. The furry Murray. Mike loves dirt swirl. Hey, so bro, we haven't. That's why why Mike's over here putting all the smiley faces on the chat room here. Hey, we haven't been on since you went to Reno, and you and and Battleborn went shooting. Let's start there, because you guys tried to tell me that somehow, some way, you hit a fucking target. From 2,100 yards away. That would be correct. So, and Mike's Mike's my witness here. So, I, I pull up there. I've never shot the gun before. It was one of our guy, Jared. That was his personal gun. He's like, look, he said, this thing's on. You know, do your thing. So, I'm like, you know, normally you want to jump in behind a gun. You want to shoot it a few times before, you know, you start cutting loose. And he goes, all right, we're going to shoot at 400 yards. I go, 400? I said, what about... Let me shoot, you know, at 100 here, get used to the gun. So right out to shoot, shoot at 400, bing, we hit the target. He immediately says, all right, we're going to shoot at 1,000. So now this is 1,000 yards, all right? I have never personally pulled the trigger on anything over 700. And so this is a personal best. And whammo, I hit it with the first shot. So then he goes, all right, we're going to 1875. All right, which is over a mile. And it took a few volleys out there because we had a little wind blowing and all that, missed it really close. But whammo, wound up drilling this thing. And so then he goes, All right, let's go to 2100. And so we're at the bottom of a mountain and we are shooting to the top of the mountain. I mean, we you got to use like landmarks to figure out where these targets are so everybody can get on the same boat here. And same thing as the 1800, you know, I mean, had a little wind blowing. We, we shot a few shots, gun got hot, wanted to cool the gun down and all that. And then all of a sudden, next time up there, boom, at 2100, hit the, hit the plate. And dude, I mean, it just goes to show you. And I mean, Mike's there, Mike's in the audience, you know, and Jason's in the audience. Jason was there too as well. And you know, it's it's absolutely amazing what a high-powered rifle can do. That's first off. But then it's also amazing as to what the guy behind the rifle can do. And, I mean, you're talking about, like, our military elite snipers that are shooting, you know, thousands of rounds a week. They're hitting this stuff, like, with consistency 
with the first shot all the time. It, it's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. I mean, you are literally shooting at a 20-inch plate at a mile and a half and dead center in it. It's like it's, it's absolutely amazing. So you're obviously looking through some sort of telescope. I'm looking through a, a scope that's on top of the gun. And the scope is, first off, it's more than the gun is. All right. That, that gives you that bit of advice. But then you can crank it up to like 35 power. So whatever we're seeing, you can dial it up to 35 power. And, I mean, you can make out all the targets pretty easily at that distance. Well, so then it's a matter of what, like figuring out the wind and yeah, it's you, a matter of figuring you out the shoot, wind. You exactly. shoot a little bit above the target, like top left. How many shots did it take you to hit the fucker? Uh, what'd you say, Mike? Probably what six or seven, maybe I guess for the twenty one hundred and eighteen hundred was probably I don't know four or five. Um, but you know the thing is, the scopes have turret. They call them turrets, and you go chick, 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 and there's a bunch of clicks in it. And you can come up and down, and you can come left and right. And so we were going up like, all right, here's a perfect example. The the number of clicks that we went up at 2,100 yards equaled 128 feet. So we were holding, even though I'm holding dead on the target, by clicking the scope as much as we clicked, we're literally aiming 128 feet above a 20-inch target. You're, well, hold on a second. You're, you're doing what? Yep. 180 yep. feet above? 100, 128 feet, almost 130 feet above the target in order to hit it at 2,100 feet. At 2100. That's where you're aiming? Huh? That's where you're aiming? That's No, 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 no. I'm holding dead on, but those clicks that I'm talking about that are on the scope, it automatically goes, choo, 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 choo. it automatically holds the gun higher for you. And like like Mike even said in there, it's it's all a math equation when you get out there that far. It start they, they start doing all of the bullshit when they get out there that far. You ever think about being a sniper? Well, I already told you that. I mean, I told my wife if I wasn't a professional baseball player, I'd have been a professional shooter, some sort of way or another. I love pulling the trigger. So, could you pull the trigger and take another man's life though? If I was paid for it and I was defending my country, you bet your ass I would. Yeah, that's the shit I'm tired. That's why you're a fucking killer, Thrill. <laughs> Good for you, man. Hey, hey, look, hey it's look. true. And hey, you've got you to have that. Hey, look, 100%. every freaking time that I am around a member of the forces, and it doesn't matter whether it's a man, woman, whoever, all right, I thank them for their service because – you and I and everybody in the chat room couldn't do a goddamn thing without them supporting our freedom. So there so you I, go. I thought about this the other day. I walked by a guy, and this is Flores. Flores walked. Ends up taking a walk. But I walked by a gentleman that had a... I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the Korean War. I, I don't, it wasn't Vietnam. And I don't think it was World War II. So it was like kind of somewhere in between, but he had like the hat on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like the little beanie type hat. 
Yeah, I did not. Uh, this was more like the hat, like just a normal hat, like you and I are wearing. But it had like the the pins on it, and basically saying like I, I'm a vet, bitches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah and no. I I walked by him, and his older older man, and I tried to kind of give him like the, you know. <laughs> And I thought about it because I walked past him and I tried to give him a nod, but I don't, he didn't even fucking look at me. So I walked past him and I'm like, you know what? For now on, I'm going to make sure he sees me and I'm going to walk over to him. And I'm not necessarily like, you know, I mean, all shit's weird now with COVID and everything. I don't need to get in his face and, you know, shake his head. I just, I, excuse me, sir. Just want to thank you for your service and then walk away. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, no. that's, it. that's it. And then guess what? That's like the ultimate, that's the ultimate freaking handshake you could ever give a man right there. So, um, Hey, while you were, uh, talking just now, and it, this is like the second or third time that I've seen this. And I even brought it up to him when I was in San Francisco, Jock Peterson's doing a good job staying in there on lefties and hitting breaking balls the other way. He, he had two of them in San Francisco when I was there. Breaking balls, he stayed on, hit a line drive to left. And then just now, he just had a left hand to throw him a breaking ball, and he, he whacked the ground ball over there in the hole, and now we got first and second. Well, let's talk about this for a second, because I just saw a video the other day, and I had heard the tales of Jock Peterson in high school and being a fantastic wide receiver for the Pally football team. But Jock Peterson was the number one wide receiver on that team. The number two wide receiver was Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, one of the better wide receivers to ever play the game of fucking football. And let me repeat this, and the numbers support it. Jock Peterson was number one. Devontae Adams was number two. Now, today, Thrill, you go back and you look at it, and all I could think of is how the fuck did that happen? Because <laughs> here's Jock. He's still diving for shit in the outfield. I love it. But, dude, man, he's got a little Pillsbury Doughboy to him now. And here's Devontae Adams just still just ta 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 chisel up yeah. top of no, his I game. It. I get it. Hey, it's like it's like me and you. Look, I mean, you're all chiseled and you know, I'm working on the freaking 20% body fat, so I don't pull anything. Cause, ladies and gentlemen in the audience. You cannot pull fat. You can pull muscle. You can't pull fat. No, you can't. You're right. <laughs> Did you play other sports in high school, Thrill? I played basketball. And played basketball all the way to my junior year. And then, look, I, I knew I knew where my, my future uh, lay. And then, uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to be six foot five. And so I knew – and I was having so much fun with baseball – uh, it was getting better and better every year, so I just stayed with it. Did now, from a travel team perspective, like you, you play what do you play like American Legion? Because we didn't yeah. have any of that shit, right? Yeah, no, I mean we had we had um, when I was like in JV ball, uh, we had we had district, and then we had what they called Metro, and it'd be similar to like a glorified Babe Ruth. And then when I was you know junior senior, year, we had. Um, we had our district season, which was 22 games right up in there. And then we had another 20 games that, like you said, was American Legion. I'm wondering how now this will affect the kids going forward. 
Because I think eventually athletes play. And at some point, everyone's playing the same amount of games. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it it becomes, this is where it gets difficult for the kids that don't play travel ball. It's going to be tough for them to make a high school baseball team. Makes sense? I get it. I get it. You know, I mean, you know, the the game has really changed. Um, My big thing is, you know, if you're going to play travel ball, you don't need to play no 60, 90 games. That's bullshit. You know, go play like, you know, it's kind of similar to like, you know, you and, and the kids that you're coaching. I mean, you got a few tournaments here and there. You wind up playing 20, 25 games, whatever. Perfect. That's about the perfect amount. You know, you start getting into 60, 90 games. Like I hear some of these teams down here doing, I'm like, dude, that's getting into a minor league season. And, you know, for a kid, that's a young kid. He's going to get, he's going to get bored as shit. He's going to, he's going to hate the sport, everything. Okay. But here's the, here's the difference. And I'm going to, I'm going to defend that element of it. You know, quickly. We played one game that was six innings this weekend, and we ended up playing five games, right? One game went an entire game. We played one other game that was one other game that was five innings. We played a three inning game and a two inning game. Wow. So it, it's, yeah, it's I, get it. I what, get it. It's not what it seems, if that makes sense. They're not, I get it. And I they all it. have, they all have time limits. I mean, some of them are an hour and a half, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. So I get it. Yeah. Whatever the number equates to, I, I liked it, but I'm totally with you. Look, you could feel the kid. You could see if the kid's getting grinded out on it. If they, if they, you know, are, are worn out. If it's a, it's, you have to keep it fun. I ran into, and I got a lot, I got a lot of respect for this guy. And, and there's a, there's another coach here in the area that runs a really, really successful travel ball program. And he was very militant in the way he ran his team. And there's no other way to put it. He was really hard on the kids. Good coach, show. Definitely knows the game. Would, you know, put these kids in position, succeeded. Fantastic recruiter. Got a lot of the best kids in the area. And at one point, we, you know, we would play these guys, and it was the tale of two different teams. You had one where we're very loosey-goosey, let them play. We're not, you know, no signs. Just these guys are going out there with this free and fearless mentality. And then on the other side, you could feel the tension a little bit. And so as we competed against each other last year and whatever, I I almost sensed that he looked at it a little differently. And I ran into him the other day and he goes, dude, he goes, I'm trying to get the kids to have a little bit more fun, right? We're going to focus on that. And, yeah. and he goes, I realize that, you know, I still, you know, I, I have my way of, you know, doing things and you may have yours, whatever, but I've noticed that in order to get the best out of him and even his own kid, he was saying that his kid from that point, once his kid came to play with us for a weekend, then his kid took off. And so he's now trying to implement a little bit more of that. And on the same token, I could probably say, there's been times where we needed that we need to still implement more discipline, if that makes sense. No, I get it. I get it. Right? I, I definitely get it. I definitely get it. You know, but here's the thing that you're doing. All right. And just to be flat out honest, you're dealing with 12 year olds. All right. Yes. And, and they're kids. They are freaking kids. They're going to be kids. They're going to make stupid kid mistakes. All right. Look. 
you, at 12 years old, yeah, you can take it a little bit serious. You can't get that serious with it, man. I was not that no. serious at 12, all right? 15, that was a different story. True. 18, completely different story because now I'm knocking on a door of college. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, I get it. You know, you need to have a little structure. You need to have a little discipline. But don't get, like, carried over the way with it, you know? No. Hey, what other – Oh, here's, here's another one, too, because uh, Linda just came on there. She said, you know, what positions – Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, so, so I played – you know, I played first base. And then my senior year in high school, uh, we really didn't have anybody play center field. And at that time, I was probably one of the fastest guys on the team. So they stuck me out in center field to play center and patrol out there. And then that was kind of the end of that uh, situation. Then – uh, you fast forward, I get into college, and on the Olympic team, Mark McGuire played the majority of the games at first base. So in order to get in the lineup, I played left field. And so we had Oda B. McDowell as a center fielder, and I went and stood next to the line. I'm like, Oda B., I'll, I'll be over here. You just cover everything out there. And uh, so I played a little outfield uh, just for a minute. Do you have any good Oda B. McDowell stories? Oh my God! You know he was. You know he was our. Um, he was a leadoff hitter on the Olympic team, and you know just really kind of a a real low key type of guy. And uh, you know every day I'd come up to him and try to fire him up, you know, and get him all get him all rambunctious. But uh, he did a great job for us, man. He he gave me a lot of RBI opportunities, so I gotta I gotta give him props. Who had the longer neck? Odeby McDowell or Merton Hanks? Uh, Merton Hanks. Yeah. Merton. Fucking chicken, man. Dude, it, it looked like you had this little pinhead on top of the damn rest of the body, and in the middle was just this little stick. Oh, so. dude, when he, when he would do that funky chicken, uh, that, that was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I, 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 it apparently, I mean, the thing, can you imagine today? If social media was what it was, how famous Merton Hanks would be on TikTok. <laughs> with a fucking funky chicken. Yeah. So so one of the guys, he just he just chimed in there just now, Tommy Luke. So Tommy was Tommy was on uh, on our team in high school. So Tommy and I, Tommy and I go way back. So what position did Tommy play? Tommy, you can answer that one because I <laughs> Oh no, I'm sorry. I want to say I want to say Tommy was an infielder, but I'm not sure. Interesting how uh time flies and memories fade, huh? Oh god, yes. You ain't shitting. Jeez. But that's why, dude, that's why we're out creating new memories. Like, yeah. like that's why, you know, we talk about the battleborn and shooting shit from 2100 yards and hitting nukes out at Smithfield with Crudelli the other day as I'm looking at him on the chat. Uh-oh, uh-oh, somebody went deep. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, shit, that was a damn two-run shot, too. He tied it up. God damn it. That was uh, Suzuki. That's Saya Sia Suzuki. Two-run yeah. shot. That's uh, Is that a spinner or a fastball that just faded uh, over? Let's see what it says. Wind's blowing out tonight, too, Thrill. It was started a, with a uh, 70, 72 slider. Yeah. He just left it right there. 
that thing just fucking that hung, man. Yeah. So I don't know about yeah, you. Sure. You know, did how, how much did you play in Wrigley? Uh, a little I feel bit? like a lot. A lot. Okay, so just I'm the not, way it was you, back then. All right. Huh? Just, I said just the way it was back then. We always played the Cubs. So we, we always started in April. First week in May, we always played the Cubs. First week in May. Every time we played them at Wrigley, wind's blowing in. Yes. So first time that I ever played at Wrigley when the wind was blowing out was in the 89 playoffs. First time yeah. ever. So this, look at the stats from the first half of the season to the second half of the season at Wrigley. As soon as the climate changes as you get into the middle of summer, the wind direction yeah. ch changes. Yeah. I, well, I hit I mean, a wall early in the, probably May, April or May in Wrigley. I'm not kidding you. This thing, I, I got all of it. It, it would have gone. I hit a ball 473 at Chase Field. I think I hit this one better. And yeah. it started right over the left fielder's head. It ended up landing in foul territory. And the left fielder just fucking missed it. And there's, you know, there's basically like no foul territory over there, right? You remember? Yeah. 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 And, it, and it landed. It didn't even get to the stance. Or I would say it didn't even get to the stance. It's amazing that it even got to foul territory. So it started at second base. And I, I didn't give a shit. I'm like, dude, I hit this too well. Like, I don't care how fucking hard the wind's blowing. It, it, this is You can't knock down this shot, bro. So basically saying this ball would have gone 475 plus. And instead, it knocked it down 120 plus feet because it landed right in front of the 355 sign. Foul. Fucking I foul. I was so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. So the only home runs that I hit in Wrigley before – the 89 playoffs, the only home runs I hit, I think I only hit one or two. One of them was off of Maddox. I know that for a fact. And then the other one, I don't remember. But they were line drives. I mean, just didn't – they didn't get up to where the wind could affect it. It was, just, it was just a freaking pea rocket, and it just got out of there. But you want to know how the baseball gods work. So the last home run that I hit in my big league career was at Wrigley Field. It really? was late in the season, September 2009. And I ended up, I want to say, like, I don't know, got like an up and in fastball. And it was one of those ones that I, I missed, completely missed. But I had a good swing at it and just got it up in the air. Oh, geez. Uh oh. Oh, shit. Jack, Jack just made. Uh... Doc just made this one pretty interesting. Well, I'll take a look and analyze it. Well, this is this is the wind blowing. We just talked about it. This is he is going to get abused by the Chicago faithful. Oh no no no! And uh, 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 then boop. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just letting you know he is hearing it from the bleachers in Wrigley right now. Ladies and gentlemen, let me repeat. That is your number one wide receiver at Palo Alto High School. Devontae Adams, number two. Hey, look, all I can tell you is when the wind blows, I know this from Candlestick Park, when the wind blows, it separates the men from the boys in catching fly balls. I can tell you that right now. So 
I got a, um, uh, I, well, let me fit. I got two thoughts real, real quick. I want to get both of them out. Number one, I want to finish with the home run. Dude, right. I hit a ball. I hit a ball. And they're showing the wind right here, but I hit this ball up the, up in, in the wind. I still yeah. didn't think there's any chance, like no fucking chance of this ball yeah. getting out. Dude, biscuit in the basket landed. I'm just like, and all I could think is that, you know what? That is the baseball gods looking after me because I 100% should have had that home run and that ball I hit earlier in the year. And then now here I am getting rewarded back the other way. Uh, the other thing, I just the other day on social media, there was a uh, fan from Aguilas. And it was Aguilas and Issei were the two best teams in Dominican. And all the love I get from Dominican Republic is, dude, like people send me highlight clips of me dropping bombs, making diving catches, the whole bit. Well, this one came from an Aguilas fan. And it said something about Recuerdas, Eric Burns, and whatever. And there was a play in center field, and I looked just like fucking Jock Peterson right there. Exact same thing happened to me. <laughs> I run in, and it's that, oh, shit, I will back. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. The, the dive yeah. back, you end up on your ass. There's no worse feeling in the world. There's just not. Seriously. Okay. Like, I don't give a shit about striking out. I don't give a shit about, you know, even booting a ground ball. Like, it's it's not easy. Like, it happens. Dude, fly balls, pop-ups, those are supposed to be caught. All right. So, so I got to lead. I, I got to take that one. And I got to lead into the next question that I got for you. All right. So, I was in San Francisco. And you and I even talked about this. We didn't talk about it once. We talked about it two or three times. Alex Cobb's going for the no-hitter, right? And he is on a freaking roll, right? He's got – I couldn't even tell you – I couldn't even tell you how many pitches he threw, but I know one thing. He was throwing like 75% split fingers. And yeah. you know how you get this just feeling where, like, nobody's making good contact? And – I texted my son Trey in the sixth inning and I go, are you watching the game? And he goes, he goes, no. I said, put it on. I said, Alex Cobb's got a no hitter and he might get it. I just had that feeling, you know, and we go to two outs in the ninth and first pitch split finger to whoever the shit hit it. I don't know. And Luis Matos is that is in right field. And he goes running into right center, and he misses it by, like, that far. And you kind of went off on him. You said he, you thought he should have left his feet. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. Schmitty's going to go home. Yep, no chance. Get away. Damn it. Did did Bailey drop that, or did it hit the runner? I couldn't tell. Short hopped him. He didn't come up with it. All right. He, he dropped it. He, he bounced it? Bounced it. Ah, oh, shit. He's going, you know, watch watch this right here. You'll show it. He looks like he's going away from the play, and you got to get your momentum going the other way. Yeah, that's a tough play right there for Bailey. See how he goes back, and he throws off the back foot. Yeah. So he's trying – I mean, he's trying to scoop that off the ground. Yeah, no. And, and he's and trying to – And on top of that, it, at time. Well, and on top of that, it hit – in between the grass and the dirt. So you don't know if that one's going to come up on you, stay down or what. And Bailey okay. just tried to wear it. Okay. I, 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 well, go back to Matos. Go ahead. All right. So your argument was Matos should have left his feet, correct? That's 
That's what you were saying, right? Yes. My argument was that if you're in that situation, you're going to do everything you can to put your body on the line, as Austin Slater did the inning before, to make that play. But there was a massive crossover step that took place if you go back and look at it for the first step, and he put himself in a very peculiar position. And I don't think that he's ever dove for a ball that is was up like that. I don't think he knows how no. to do it. No, and and I agree with you totally. But when you even brought it up, and, you know, when everybody, everybody across the board on the team is aware of a no-hitter, I mean – Dude, not only am I leaving my feet, I might leave my feet six times, you know, you know, to try to make the play for the guy. And, you know, it was tough for Matos because he was running full speed. This ball's in right center and he's got to leave his feet. And, uh, you know, it's it, like you said, he probably never did it before. He's never been full speed and got and not left his feet like straight like this, but up. Because yeah, he'd have had to go up, you know. And so, eh, it is what it is. And you talked about it, the baseball gods. Hey, look, you know, they hit one ball hard, and it was the one, two outs in the ninth. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, I think more than anything. Oh, shit. Oh, that was the old hanging breaking ball. Those, wow. do not, those do not come back. That was breaking ball right down the middle, about thigh high, and he whacked up. Uh, Pie out of that one. That's morale. He's had some big hits for the Cubs, dude. This is a playoff team. I, I yeah, think no, they're really is, good. That's his. That's his twentieth jack, too. He actually, he actually was not playing this game. He came in for a, a pinch hitter. No, that's that's a hanger. Yep, that is not the spot you want to leave it. You don't want to leave it middle thigh high. Look at fucking Wrigley, man. That yep. is so cool. That there, there yeah. is no better. There's no better place to watch a game. There's just not. The friendly conflict. Uh, that's the old adage. Uh, Stephen Luker even brought it up, talking about cheese. You can't sneak a piece of cheese past a rat. That's that's what that one was right there. And, and so here's another thing. Here's another thing. All right, you know, and I mean. You know, because I, I am pulling for the Giants so bad, but the little when you are going bad or things are not going great for you, the little things make a hell of a difference. And it's that one ball that fell in on Jock, and it opens it up for a big inning. Well, it's it's a ball that fell in on Jock. It's J.D. Davis earlier in the game not making the play on Nico Horner. Yeah. At at first base. Yeah. I mean, this this whole game could be, you know, a, a, a video. Uh, it's the play that Schmidt doesn't make, deciding to go home. Right. I, you know, look, I, in that situation, I, I just take the out. I get, give me a fucking out. Yeah, like, because the wind's blowing out. You're in the seventh inning. You got some more cracks. Yeah. I, you I, know, I get it. I get it. And that right there would be a, you know, roundtable discussion with about ten beers after the game. Uh, you know, hey, this is why we make this play. If you cannot make the absolutely perfect throw and don't hang Bailey out to dry, well, then you got to take the out at first. And, hey, look, you know, that's that's where experience comes into play, and that's also where 
you know, like your teammates put your arm around one another and, hey, look, big boy, it, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. If it, if it ever happens again, just remind yourself, hey, look, this is how we do it. Do any of the guys anymore sit around the clubhouse after the game? And- Shit, no. Hell no. After after a loss, I mean, that clubhouse is, I mean, empty in 15 minutes. And after a win, uh, maybe, you know, they'll hang around a little bit because some people got to do interviews and stuff like that. But that used to be a standard staple where literally – I. 10 guys and I mean especially on the road. Yeah. I I remember sitting in a clubhouse in Texas and I think we touched upon this at one point but we sat there and drank so many beers <laughs> that I got locked in the fucking stadium <laughs> on the way out. And then I already told you, I already told you freaking Cal Ripken and I spent the night at the Metrodome. Oh dude that that story's gone viral by the way. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got to imagine some people have come up to you and mentioned it. Yeah, some people have like, did you and Cal really spend the night in the training room at the Metrodome? I'm like, oh, hell yeah. After about 850 beers, we drank the freaking Metrodome out of beers in the in the visiting clubhouse. So, dude, the Giants are playing at Wrigley tonight. I know we've gone over this story several times, but... For the sake of the new audience that is now paying attention to No Filter Network and Deuces Wild, right? Can you tell us exactly what happened the night you hit the home run off of Greg Maddox? So this is Game One of the '89 NLCS. First at bat, you know you got Greg Maddox out on the mound. First off, he likes to go fastball away for strike one, and then he pitches off of that. So there's my scouting report for you. First at bat, I come up there, Brett Butler's on second base, and first pitch is a sinker away, and I whack it in the left center for a double, and I'm on second. Next at bat, he goes away from me the whole at bat. Fastball or sinkers and change-ups. All right, he gets the 3-2 and throws a 3-2 change-up, and I had moved up on a plate, and I hooked him out of right center. So now I'm two for two. I got a homer and a double. I got two RBIs, all right? And he has not thrown me one pitch in, not one. In the meantime, I got Brett Butler and Pat Sheridan, two left-handed guys, and he's pounding them in. So Mm -hmm. some sort of way or another, I'm going to see a fastball in or something in. That's common sense. That's just common sense right there. Now – what happens, believe it or not, is space is loaded, fourth inning, two outs in the top of the fourth. Don Zimmer comes out to the mound, and I'm staring directly at Zimmer and Greg Maddox. And Greg Maddox goes like this. He's And Zimmer's shorter, so i got a plain view of Maddox. Maddox goes like this. He goes, fastball in. And I was like, oh, shit. And Kevin Mitchell standing next to me, and I go, Boogie Bear, I said, did you see what he just said? He goes, no, what did he say? I said, he said fastball in. He said, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to dig my hole and back off the plate a little bit and whack the shit out of one. He goes, all right, trail. And so I went up there, sure enough, dug my hole. I backed off the plate about that far, so about four inches. So now this ball over the inside corner is now out over the plate for me. 
and it was the first fucking pitch, fastball in, whack, boom, granny, right? And so now I'm like, I don't tell anybody. The only person I told was Mitchell in the on-deck circle. I didn't tell anybody else. And Mitchell told some of my teammates, some of my teammates in turn, some told some of the press members that Will knew was coming. He read his lips and all that. And they wrote like big articles over the course of the offseason. And so the next year, I come into spring training, everybody's like this out on the mound. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I'm like, damn it, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have said a freaking word to anybody. Dude, that's incredible. It really is. I mean, it, it's this is this is how people talk now. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? They've taken it. They've taken it so far. It's freaking hysterical. This is this is probably. And I think I told this story last year. I ain't told it this year. But we had a catcher in Double A. He's in Double A now. So this kid's, you know, pretty advanced, and you know, he's got a pretty good idea of what's going on. He goes out to the mound. He's got the freaking hockey helmet on, right? So he has not pulled the hockey helmet up. He's got the hockey helmet down, and he takes the glove, and he goes like this. And so he comes back in the dugout, and I go, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, you know, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I said, you got the hockey mask on. I said, nobody can see what the shit you're saying. Now you put the glove in front of it. Now nobody can hear what the shit you're saying. I said, pick one or the other. He started huh. laughing. The pitcher started laughing. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's it's funny because I mean, they, they had a pitch calm issue, you know, earlier in, in this game. How did how exactly does that work? I think I've asked you know you what. So so now so now. All right. So you got your hat, right? Yeah. OK. And they pull they pull out the lining of the hat and they stick a microphone in there and then they put the lining back. So when you have your hat like that. You have a microphone right above your ear, and you can hit a button on one side of it, make the volume go up. You can hit a button on the other side, make the volume go down. And what you are listening to is the catcher who has a little box, and it's on his shin guard. And watch watch Bailey when he catches. He'll take his glove, and he'll cover the box, and he hits a button. And then it'll say in whoever's got the microphone, it'll say in their ear, Fastball away, and then if you shake, you know, he'll hit another button, and it'll go breaking ball away, and then, yeah, all right, here we go. Does that get confusing at all? I mean, it just sounds, if you're the catcher, I guess you have three buttons, middle, inner, away, yeah, and then you have three other buttons for fastball. I I, you know what? I haven't seen one of the boxes. I don't know what the shit it goes, but I, I know one thing. I know one thing. I mean, here's the thing. When you shake – and then they got to go through the sequence again. And God forbid, you got to shake again. If you look at the shot clock, you're down to about five seconds. So you better get your shit in gear and get the pitch off. Good swing Crawford. by Brandon Crawford. Crawford hit the crap out of that one. Yeah. All right, that ought to be a run. So, and this is this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, why you just take the out in the situation when Schmidt tried to get him at home is because the Giants were going to score again. I mean, there's a fuck ton of runs in this game. Dude, I can't believe the OU in this game was 10 and a half. I did everything in my power to try to get this bet in. I really did. Like, well, dude, well I, they passed, they passed 10 and a half a long time ago. Oh, dude, trust me. I know. I saw the wind. I'm like, right. there's no way. So now that, that swing right there that Brandon Crawford had right there, that, that freaking rocket in the left center, that used to be Brandon Crawford 
every at bat in the minor leagues. He was up the middle, the other way guy, good power, all that sort of stuff. And he got in the pull mode when he got in the major leagues. And I've always told him to go back to that left center, center field approach. And that right there was a great swing that he had right there. You see his follow through? See how simple it was? Yeah. I mean, it was yeah, just, no. that, that was like really A to B. Yeah. And if there's not any elaborate movement or anything else, I, it's yeah. that, that was vintage Brandon Crawford when he's going well. Yep. And then this kid that's on the mound right now for the Cubs is uh, Mark Leiter Jr. This is uh, Mark Leiter's kid who was a, what was he, number one pick or number two pick out of Vanderbilt? No. So that was. Uh, the other lighter, Jack Lighter. Yeah, this is Mark's kid, though. Okay. And, and right. They're brothers, right? Yeah, they're brothers. And I faced both of them. And now both of their kids are in the major leagues. Yeah, how's Jack doing, dude? I, I know he was the number one or two pick, but I haven't seen any updates on him. I, you know what? I haven't seen it either. But, you know, I just looked up here and it said Mark Lighter Jr. I was like, well, hell. I, and and I don't know why I, I thought I thought that that was uh, I thought that was the kid that went to Vandy. That was a nice play on the run right there by the boy that you were talking about, Nick Madrigal. Yeah, Madrigal. Yeah, that was a nice play on the run. That was uh, that was Hanniger pinch hitting right there. Here comes David Ross. We're gonna have a little pitching change here. Hanniger's one of those guys I'd like to get some reps to get him hot. Oh yeah. You know, right? I mean, when I saw him earlier this year, um, you know, I didn't see him on the field too much because he got hurt. But when I saw him in the cage and saw his routine that he had in the cage, I was pretty fired up. I was like, all right, this is a quality major leaguer that goes about his work the right way. And like I said, you know, he's been banged up and just hadn't, hadn't had a lot of ABs like you were talking about. All right, dude, we're seven minutes till I got to go. Uh, six, right. six minutes till I got We got four people in the knock room. I mean, what Who's do you want to do with it? Dude, Who's we got Luker, Andre Duke. We got Battleborn uh, sitting sitting in the queue. What do we do with those Never, guys? Whatever you want. So we don't, I mean, just, you know, we, we could let them on. We could get into uh, a pack of cards. We could... Like, oh, let him on. Let him on. Luker's, Luker's always funny. I like Luker. Bring him on. It's been a minute. Luker, Andre, Battleborn. I let Battleborn on twice. He's knocked twice. We'll see who shows up. Yeah, Crudelli, uh, I saw your text. And Yeah, you're talking about Crudelli? He just got in the audience a little bit ago. Yeah. Oh, by the way, hello, Bill Knoss. What are you doing, bud? Look, what are you doing? Man? We just let you on. What's, What's up, guys? There you go. Let's start with Andre. Andre, what's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, how are you guys doing? That's a sick hat you got, man. Oh, oh my head. Solid. <laughs> yes, sir. Show that picture off. Guys, got the hat. Uh, this was the post I played for. Whenever I played Legion Ball post five oh seven. Nice, nice. And and I have another dirty hat right here. 
Hey, look, look. Burnsy and I both played for the O's, man. We got a little history right there. Mine's a little. Second best team in baseball. Uh, that It might be an O's Braves World Series, man. They're well, that here's, the thing. here's the thing. Second best team in baseball, but really nobody's talking about them. I mean, if you if you talk about people in the East, they talk about, you know, uh, the freaking Rays and shit like that. It's Ray, like, yeah. been doing it the whole year. Yep. They're in first place, man. They're going to take this thing down. The Rays, I think, they're like three back. I don't know three what happened tonight. Three and a half back. Tampa's three and a half back from Baltimore. Nice job, Luke. Way to come through in the clutch. Luke, how and the fuck have you been, man? Ryder this year, two and six, 5.27 ERA. 5.27? 5.27 ERA, two and six record in double A. Really? Yep. That's according to baseball reference. It doesn't make sense. In 17 games. He's, he got, he's got good stuff. He's got good stuff too, Luke. Yeah, I'm 96 strikeout. Hey, uh, hey. So, so Bill Kenny just came on there wanting to know if I shot some doves and Battleborn. I sent you the pictures. We had a pretty good opening weekend, my man. Not, my man, not pretty good. Damn good. Yeah. Yeah, no, my man PC and I, we were laying the smackdown on him. So, yeah, Pete, we got uh, some Dove poppers headed big Battleborn's way during opening weekend of deer season. Oh, What's a Dove yes. popper? You take Dove breast, you fillet a Dove, you fillet a meat off the Dove. You put a little cream cheese and a little uh, jalapeno, and you wrap it in bacon, and chunk it on a grill. Dude, I'm in oh, on that, man. Can't wait. Holy shit! Oh. And then dynamite. Jack Leiter just recently on the end of August, he just got active off the development list from Texas. Oh, really? Yeah, he was placed on it July 15th. Wow. So he spent almost a whole month in the (laughs) development stuff. What does that mean? The development list? It's another word for him being in freaking like Arizona for us. Like, like holding him back because of his pitch count and shit like that. A development list was instituted in 2021 to help major league organizations to monitor minor league process, prospects, usage, and development. It's often implemented to help limit limit a pitcher's pitch or innings count. That is correct. I mean, I hate to say it, ladies. Sorry. Pussyfying the game. Boom. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you, got, you got a guy. You got a guy who's a starter that should be working up in pitch count. He should be working up in innings so that he can go and help a team out. And instead, what they're doing is they're holding them back. They're not letting them throw as many pitches. They're not letting them throw as many innings, and so they're hampering his development in my in my eyes. Here, Eric, you want to see some dirt squirrels? There you go. You got Carlos Rendon and Wells with your dirt squirrels. Well, good for them. All right, hey, taking a look at the standings here, the Giants are one and a half back of the wild card, right? It obviously doesn't look good. No, 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 excuse me. Let me see. One one and a half back of third place. Yeah, the game and a half back. But they have to leapfrog the Marlins. Dude, fuck the Marlins. And Arizona, they have to leap, too. 
Uh, Arizona's a little bit scary, but the red the Reds are sitting in that third spot, so they'd have to get in front of the Reds or the Cubs or the Phillies, dude. I will be the first one to go on record as saying I just don't see the Giants making the playoffs. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right, you and I talked about this early in this show. You know, there's there's a certain time in the season where you can't say, all right, we, we still got a little time. That's bullshit. Right now, you are out of time. You need to turn this freaking thing around right now, and you got to play balls to the wall for the next three weeks, all right? And having a lead in this game like we were having it and then having it turn around on us, these are not the games that you can throw away. Like Deion Sanders says, we ain't coming, we here. The time is now. <laughs> hey, look, I got to go. Uh, Luker, Andre, Battleborn. Any final words for uh, the Daily Hustlers? We'll start with you, Luker. Um, well, do we have any stories on Mr. Cecil Cooper? Cecil Cooper, lay out some pipe. He could rake. That's what I'm talking about. One of the uh, old schooler Milwaukee Brewers with Robin Yount and Jimmy Gantner. All right. Luke. Andre, anything for Thrill? Uh, thrill. Uh, the last time I was on here between you and Battleboard, my son wanted to know, why is Santa Claus drinking beer? Because <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus is cool as shit. That's why. I tell him that. Perfect. Santa, we got the cool Santa on this show. All right. Santa Claus, the beer drinking Santa Claus, that is. Yeah. Any final words for tonight, dude? All right. Some a little bit of funny story from the ranch. So okay. Will's Will's done his he's done his shit. He's hit targets. And Jared's like, Mike, take Will up to see the targets. And I'm like, huh. And he's like, come on. And everyone's like, dude, take Will up there. I'm like, no. Because the last time I fucking drove a side-by-side to the top of the mountain with Jason, we <laughs> burned the motherfucker to the ground. Dude, yeah, I remember right. that. But we, it caught fire and burnt up. I remember But that. it caught on fire. It was not our doing. We did our best to put it out. Uh, and I'm like, guys. I, I grab the side by side. I pull up. Will jumps in. I'm like, God damn it! If I kill Will Clark, no one's ever gonna forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> I told him. I said, I said, just Florida, big boy. I said we got to go up a mountain. I said, Florida, son of a bitch. Let's go, dude. You Thanks. are so. Hey, thrill. You are somewhat a bit of a national treasure. Where <laughs> like, I have my my life is now consumed with people that come up to me because of deuces wild and they will thank me for bringing you back out into the public and having <laughs> stories told and everything. It's fucking wild, man. It's hey, like, you know it's what else trip. too? You know what else too? I'm getting the feedback from the other side of things going. They, first off, they say you and Bernsey make a freaking great team, which absolutely which goes without saying, all right, everybody in the freaking chat room knows that. All right, but it's the fact that we're telling some freaking awesome stories that that I mean these these are things that are off the field, they're out the clubhouse, they're you know wherever in a bar, whatever, and we're letting 
the audience in on what it's like to be a professional player and yet at the same time perform at a high level and you know this is how you do it you know we even talked about it tonight you know i mean you know i'd, I'd call somebody i'd call schmitty up tonight right now i mean right now it'd be like schmitty grab a six-pack of beer and sit your ass right here we're going to talk about the play at third base and these were your options if you had a good stance you 100 you, you get off your throw do it if not go to first base let's get you out save save a big inning and then all of a sudden we're only one run down so these are the these are the kind of things that you learn playing the game telling the stories you and i are doing it everybody in chat room thoroughly enjoys it and everybody on TikTok's having a fucking ball with it because everywhere i go people are like dude you freaking TikToks are unbelievable i said thank <laughs> eric burns on that one Oh, dude. So on that note, uh, Battleborn, I thank the good Lord that you did not kill Will Clark. Yes, good job, thank buddy. God. Yes. Thank God. But you, did, you, did load go me, wrong. you did load me some freaking good bullets that are freaking awesome. You're welcome, brother. You're welcome. Love you, man. <laughs> Love you, too. <laughs> hey, Battleborn, one more See thing ya. for you. See ya! See ya. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, you know, we missed we missed the show, you know, being in San Fran and all that yeah. stuff. We've had we've had plenty to talk about tonight. I thought I think we did a great job covering a little bit of everything. And I thoroughly enjoyed the show, man. I think it was awesome. We we ran all over the board with a lot of shit. And uh hopefully everybody in the chat room had a good time with it. Fuck yeah, dude. Let's uh let's run it back next week if you're good with it. I'm good. I'm good. Count me in. Count me in. Brother, Next best, Tuesday, we will be here with bells on, baby. Best time of the year. Giving, I'll be giving signals across the board. I'll be giving signals all over the place. I love it, dude. Yeah, best time of the year. We got September baseball, college football started. That school right by you took a shit the other night, huh? No kidding. They fucking everybody's hanging their heads for LSU right now. But hey, you gotta start, you gotta keep battling. That was just game one. Hey, uh, so primetime, dude, uh, what he's done in Colorado, and it's not, like in a short period of time, he get, kicked 50 players off the team. This fuck, it said to leave. And then brought in 50. And then they go to TCU and play a team that was in the national championship game last year. They're 20-point underdogs, and they fucking win. Thrill, you played against primetime in baseball, correct? Yes, I did. He played for, you know, Atlanta. And, uh, hey, look, unbelievable athlete. Do not do not ever say anything about his athleticism. Baseball kind of was not his sport. Football was, and God bless he's back in the sport. And to go down there to TCU, like you talked about, in a national championship game last year, and to put a whooping on him from, where is it, Colorado now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I thought it was awesome. Nice job. So when you're on the baseball field, though, you weren't overwhelmed by his presence? No. I mean, the one thing you had to worry about with him was his speed. But if you kept him on the base, off the base pass, you didn't have to worry about it. And for for lack of a better term, we, we got him out a lot. We pitched him extremely well. He had that one game where him and Bo Jackson went at it. 
and, and probably one of the most legendary games in, in the history of baseball. Really, it was that big of a deal because it was the two greatest athletes in in their absolute prime, where they're both still playing professional <laughs> football and baseball. And Dion hit the inside the Parker over Bo's head, where you have a outstretched Bo Jackson that just misses it, and then Bo comes back and uh, I hits. I want to say like multiple home runs. I I don't want to say two or three. I whatever he hit at least one yeah. over Dion's head that he tried to rob. What a fucking awesome time that was! Awesome, another RBI for the Cubs right there. They got a they got a a hustle double and then a rocket back up the middle that almost takes his head off. And uh, now it's eleven to seven. Well, the Giants get a win right there that Rogers isn't dead. That literally yeah, no. would have killed him. Yeah, that that ball that ball was really close to the old in between the eyeballs. Oh, jeez! All right, bro, let's uh, run it back next week, man. Have a great week, and uh, I, look, I look forward to it. And uh, you know, it's good having Tara on. Uh, always laughing, giggle with you two when y'all are on together. Y'all are hoot. And uh, look, we got we got Giants baseball. We got a lot of other bullshit going on. Uh, I'll be probably catching some alligators before I talk to you next time. Woo. I'll have pictures for you and everything. All right, man. I'll see you next week. And for everyone, see ya!